Hi, my name is Minda Hartz, and I'm your host of Secure the Seat, your weekly podcast that helps women of color secure their seat at the table. And rather you're holding it down at your own company or you are securing your seat as an entrepreneur at someone else's company, it's important that we shape the rooms we enter and we secure our seat in a way that provides other seats for other women that look like us. Because it's not what you do that gets you to the table. It's what you do that once you sit at the table, there's a responsibility that I believe we should have when we sit down. We shouldn't just be thankful and grateful and take up space, but take a take up space in a way that's productive and helping others enter the room. And so look around your room that you're that you're in and see who's missing and try to bring them along with you. That's really important. That is securing your seat. That is legacy building. Uh, legacy building isn't just wealth creation, but it's when you leave that room, are you giving that seat to someone who looks like you? And so, or are you giving it to someone who has not been represented in that room? And it's not a charity situation. It's a, I see you, you belong here and you can do the work and you're good at it type of creation. <laughs> Nobody's just giving out chairs and seats for the heck of it. We're doing this because sometimes women of color are not seen and heard in the workplace and they have just as much tenure as the next person. And so it's important that we shape those rooms that we enter into. And so if this is your first time listening to Secure the Seat, welcome. If you're back with me again, thank you for rocking with me. I truly appreciate you. For all those people who have left a rating uh, or a review on the platform that you are able to do that on, many of you like to leave ratings on Apple Podcasts. So I hope that you go there and leave a review or rating. That gives it a signal boost to the powers that be that this podcast matters and our conversation matters and women of color matter inside companies and organizations. And so just want to say thank you um, to all who listen. It really means a lot when you shoot me a message or on social media and when you connect with guests as well, those who've given their time to help you secure your seat or give you things to think about as you're building your career. And so thank you for that. Definitely a sense of gratitude as far as that's concerned, because I know there's tons of podcasts that you could be listening to, but you choose to sit at the table with me and I love it. And so last thing I want to tell you is last week I mentioned that I launched the Women of Color Equity Initiative, and that is to put more women of color in leadership roles by winter 2019. So if you haven't had a chance to sign up, I need you to go to mindahearts.com and register. Uh, I'm going to, once I get 200 names, I'm going to create the searchable database. I Weekly, companies are reaching out to me saying, hey, do you know somebody, a woman of color who could fill this role or that role? And so I want to share those opportunities with you. And so once I have, I'm about 50 names away from 200. And so want to get more. And once I get the 200, then I'll be able to start to create the database. It's a searchable database. It's free for you. And so I want you to get in on the goods. I want you to secure your seat. And I want companies to see you and know you exist. And so make sure you do that. Or if you know someone, regardless of the industry, regardless of your age, all hands on deck. So I want you to do that. The Women of Color Equity Initiative at MindaHearts.com. And so once we get that going, um, it will be a live link. And so 
women can continue to add themselves to it. But I wanted to make sure I had a good amount of women of color to upload into the database before. This is going to take a lot of work. And so I just want to make sure that we're setting this thing off right. So again, if you haven't had a chance, please go and do that. A couple of quick things. I also want to shout out Arlen Hamilton at Backstage Capital. She's on the cover of Fast Company. She is the first black woman that's not like an Oprah or um, famous in that sense uh, of the word. She's famous in her own right. And so, hey, we're out here. We're making moves. If you don't know Arlen, go to Backstage Capital, Google her. Uh, She's creating space for underrepresented founders, black and brown, um, LGBTQ mothers, those who are, as she likes to call it, underestimated. And so she is definitely someone you want to keep an eye out on. And um, so I'm really proud of her taking up space and solving problems. Today, we're talking about choices. And I'm excited for you to listen to my conversation with my guest, Sharonda Everett. She is the CEO and founder and lead consultant at Sharonda Marie, Inc. And you can go to mindahearts.com in the show notes and find out how to connect with her. She's most active on Twitter, so I also had the link there for you. Today, we're talking about having it all. There's always this age-old conversation about, can women have it all? If you're thinking about starting a family, do you have to lean out? Do you have to hide your pregnancy? Um, Maybe you've never seen someone successful um, execute motherhood and still rise up the ranks. And so we're talking about that today. And we're talking about company policies and how um, those can empower us to do that as well. I am not a mother, but I thought this was a very important conversation to have for our working mothers, as well as those who might consider starting a family one day, but you're worried about what it might look like to secure your seat because you want to be able to do it, do both. Why not? Right. We have choices. And so um, I know you're going to enjoy today's episode. So without further ado. Sharonda, welcome to Secure the Seat. How are you? Hi, I'm well. Thanks for having me. I'm excited about our conversation. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit more about you? Well, I'm Sharonda Everett, uh, originally from Chicago, Illinois. I always have to throw that in there, born and raised. It made me who I am. Um, I am currently a full-time faculty member and an adjunct faculty member, but I also have that entrepreneur spirit. So although I work full-time, I am an entrepreneur focused all about project management. Uh, Project management for the everyday person. I'm not going to get on that soapbox. (laughs) I could go on and on about project it's management, fine. about the everyday person, um, but that's 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 what my business is focused on. That's what the books are focused on that I, I wrote. I have my second one coming out in, in a couple of weeks, and so that's, that's just a little bit about me. And I'm a mom of two kids. I, I have a sophomore in high school who I want to give away every other day. People tell me it gets better. And I also have a six-year-old. He is in first grade, so and he's like a little old man. So he's not like your everyday six-year-old. He thinks he's everyone's dad, <laughs> <laughs> daddy junior. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, yes, he is. <laughs> That's funny. I well, I'm one of three kids. Um, obviously, we're all 
grown children now, but I had my youngest brother, there's 11 year gap between us. And we always called him daddy junior because he thought he was everybody's dad too. So I, I can just. Maybe pick- it's that gap. My kids are <laughs> nine years apart. So my son yeah. is nine years. And he, he does. Sometimes she yells at him like, you're not my dad because he'll, he'll come in. I had to tell him, um, don't disturb me because he'll, in a couple hours, he'll say, where, where is Cheyenne? Should she be home by now? So he is. He's a little, he's a little grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I love it. Well, this is a great segue into what we're talking about today, which is, I call this episode the choice. And I often hear, you know, women say, oh, can I have it all? You know, how do you, how can you be a mother and, and build your career or it has to be one or the other. And so, you know, you're a mother and you're a businesswoman. Did you ever feel like you wouldn't be able to have both or do both? I was very fortunate. And I never felt that way. I had my daughter two days before my 19th birthday, which which is a challenge, so I don't encourage anyone to do that. <laughs> I had her two days before my 19th birthday. I, I took that spring semester off to have her, and I returned back to school in the fall. And so being a student in higher ed and surrounded by women who were mothers and dominating in their career, I had very good examples very early in motherhood who just you I saw it physically. They were able to be the soccer mom and attend these events, but also become VPs and directors and they were very, very strong in their career. And even my my first career was a middle school teacher. And so that's the predominantly female dominated field right now. And having those mentors doing student teaching and their principals and they're getting PhDs and they're doing all these things and their moms. And so I always just since motherhood had these really great examples and I was really fortunate to know I don't have to choose. If I if I want to stay home I can, but if I want to have a dynamic career or a dynamic business, I can do that as a mother too. So I I all those mentors I have to I always give them praise when I see them in person like you help make me the person I am to know that I can have it all and I can do both. That's wonderful. I'm glad you had those examples those those mentors and role models early on cuz you know rather you're thinking about motherhood or maybe motherhood is something that you're not thinking about regardless it's nice to see what you might be able to be, right? But when you don't see it, you, it, you may think that you have to choose one or the other. Yes, and a, and a lot of people do. And, and even as a mother, I was a treasurer of PTA and a lot of those moms stayed home and they were trying to get into different things. And it was like, wait, oh, you work and then you come here? And I was working on a master's at the time and, you, and you're in school, like, what are you doing? It's like, time management is your best friend. You do what you can, you give 100% and you just keep pushing forward. But I know that I wouldn't have even thought that that was possible because I I feel like growing up and being raised, I felt like the women in my family did one of the others. They they were homemakers, they stayed home with their children, or they just dominated their career. And when they tried to straddle the line, I, I physically saw them struggle a little bit with making that those decisions. And so... Although having a child <laughs> before, right before you're 19, your freshman year in college is a challenge. I, I really wouldn't have it any other way because it really 
allowed me to see, wow, this this life is possible. I, I can be a mom and, and be a career woman as well and do both very well. You said something really important. And I think whenever I hear, can can a woman have it all? It And you just answered it with time management. <laughs> she, she can't yeah. have it all. <laughs> yeah. Whatever all is yes. for you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's important. All is for you. Yes, it is your best friend. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And with that said, I was thinking there might be somebody out there right now, a young woman, and she's moving up in her career and she wants to start maybe planning a family, but she's scared that she might be forced to lean out because we do read those stories when women bring it up or even during the interview process that they're pregnant, that they tend to want to kind of just not disclose that information because of what might happen. What advice do you have for those women? Um, the advice that I have is just advocate for yourself. Um, we kind of set our own tone sometimes. We can be very critical of ourselves, and we assume that this person is going to think less of me. This person, I even had that conversation with a new mom that was returning. I'm a faculty mentor, and she was a new faculty coming back from maternity leave, and it was like, oh, man, I need to take another day off. This little one is sick. I, I feel bad. I don't want to feel like a slacker. I was like, well, one, you earned those days. <laughs> you have every right to take that sick day off to, to send to your child. And two, asking for a day off or whatever concessions or having that conversation I'm going to be on leave for three months or four months. How can we readjust work? It does not mean that you are slacking. It does not mean that you're requesting a freebie. We have federal laws like FMLA that protects your job and things like that. We also have equal opportunity hiring laws that they can't discriminate against you because you're a woman or a pregnant woman. And so I think first it's going to start by having that confidence in yourself and know that just because I'm a mother and just because I need to leave at two or three, it doesn't make me less of an employee. I'm still giving 100% to my position and I'm still doing my position well. And I still add value to this company. And then from there, you go in um, as an advocate and you go in as a problem solver. We know in the corporate world, no manager or leader wants to hear another problem. They want to hear solutions. So you really go in with the solution. I'm pregnant. I'm going to be out for four months. These are the projects that are due. This is this. I have already been training Jan. She's going to work it this way. I plan on coming back at this time. And this is what it looks like. I actually did have that conversation when I was pregnant with my son. And, and I had it at about six months when I was comfortable sharing with my employer that I was pregnant. And the HR guy was like, you're so organized. It's like, yeah, this happens every day. Someone gives birth. So this, this is the plan. <laughs> And this is what we're going to do. And this is what it looks like. And this is how the my department can still function and still function well while I'm out. And this is how the work is going to be spread apart. And this is what's going to happen when I come back. And just really, really being solution oriented in that in that sense really made all really makes all the difference. In my experience, one, having confidence to know that you are valued and you do bring value to the company. Uh, two, being uh, an advocate for yourself, that self-advocacy is important. And then third, come to it with confidently with the solution versus, hey, this is a problem. I'm pregnant, so I don't know. I'm going to be gone in a couple of months. 
or really come with it with a well thought out solution. I love how you gave tangible examples of how women can move forward in that conversation. And it doesn't have to be this doom and gloom conversation. When you come with the solutions, as you stated, you're more so stating the fact, not asking permission. Is that right? Yes. 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 And sometimes I get in trouble with that. <laughs> with managers, they're like, so you're really not asking for permission. It's like, no. Um, and the other thing I did mention, know your company's policy. I'm the person that actually reads the 16, 17-page policy within the company. I'll go to the HR site or the representative and say, hey, I'm, I'm just gathering research. What's the policy on this? And so that it's not just a solution that I think start, sound good in my head. It's, it's right and benefits that I have within the company. And so that part makes sense, too, because one company might give you 12 weeks pay. Another company might be based in Canada and give you 26 weeks paid, and you went in with a 12-week plan when you could actually get 26 weeks off to spend time and, and do those different things. And so I do know your company's policies when you do come with that solution, just not what sounds good for you. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. And that was like a pro tip that you gave. Read. Reading is fundamental. Like, I, I think sometimes we go into these situations, uh, not just with the, the pregnancy um, information or the, the maternity leave, but then, you know, with your salary or sick days, et cetera, like see what you can do. And I know even um, there at some companies they have um, where you can donate your sick days or vacation days yeah. to others, you know, mm -hmm. so it pays to read and find out what, what you can use in, in your arsenal, right? Yes. That's awesome. Uh, the other thing I was thinking about as you were talking about that is uh, companies. So if we were, if I had you speaking to companies right now, and I'm sure some of the women listening represent HR departments, et cetera, what advice would you give to companies and organizations on how to dismantle marginalizing working mothers and future moms? Uh, the first thing is, is, is one, have the policies, have the supportive work-life policies that exist in, in your company, and not only for moms to take advantage of, but, but for anyone to take advantage of. There are people that are taking care of their parents or their grandparents, and they're the primary caregiver, and it's almost like these are their children. And so really having a supportive uh, policy but then really shifting the whole culture with training and really having the supportive coach. I think of the walk it like talk it type of thing. It is just like you, you talk it and you brag about it and you put it on the board. This is the best place to work. And we, we have a daycare center on site and we have this great work-life balance. But when I say I need to leave early because I have a sick kid and my work is done for the day and, you know, you have this solution, I'm getting the dagger eyes <laughs> and people bring it up later in a meeting and it's passive aggressive behavior and people are upset about it. And so really pushing that culture and having that expectation of managers that our employees are people too. And we're going to give them the space to do their job and do their job well, but we're going to also respect that they're, they are people too. And just like HR has FMLA training and, um, ITS training and all these different trainings that we know that we go through that first month when we start a new job and we have to check off and sit through the webinar, the sexual harassment training. 
we need to have those trainings, especially for managers who are setting the culture of the team, uh, for the VPs who are setting the culture of the division. And we have to make sure our, our CEOs and presidents have that buy-in too. It's, it's really a complete top to bottom buy-in of that culture shift because we can have the great policy on paper. But then when you get down to those mid-managers, when they try to not allow you to use those policies and then there's no consequences for them, or they just have a culture of the passive-aggressive behavior or the evil eye or, you know, just, just that different behavior that those things have to change too. Like we really have to get in there and get our hands dirty with, with that culture shift. Um, but me personally, I, I've been fortunate with with individual employers. I've had about 70% that have, even if the company didn't have a good policy, that individual was really able to work with different things because I did do my job well and I did hit all the markers and I did turn things in before deadlines. And so for me, needing to leave early or come in later or anything like that, for 70% of employers, I, I didn't get that that pushback. So, yeah, companies, it, it has to be a top. <laughs> it has to start from the top and massage its way through the company with not only policy, but things to really change the mindset of others and the culture. Yeah, that was excellent. And I hope that those who are in positions of influence uh, and those who aspire to have positions of influence within their company that you think through some of these things. Even if you are a man listening, how can you make it uh, create a seat for another woman so that some of these things are taken care of before she gets there, right? <laughs> Preparing yeah. our seat for, for folks. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think about some of my past employers. Um, again, I don't have any children, but there were childcare on the premises, but half the uh, employees cannot afford the child care yes. <laughs> that was on there. Yes. You know, so it's all these different yes. things <laughs> that just don't make any sense. So policy says, yes, on paper, we're advocates for working parents, right? But then when you drill mm -hmm. down into it, if none of your employees can afford the, the child care, then that's a problem. Yeah, and then uh, none of them sign their kids up. And then they say, well, oh, this is not needed. We, we, don't, we don't need this. No one signed up for it. And it's like, well, let's do a survey. <laughs> Why <laughs> didn't you sign your kid up for it? And so, exactly. so yeah, that that was a good example. I used to call child care my pimp. <laughs> but they, they used to, it was, it was like $1,200 a month. And even someone who's making a significant amount of money, $1,200 a month is a significant amount of money for quality child care. In, the, in Illinois, I don't know what it is in different states, but in, in, in Illinois. And then people that are in, in Chicago, because I was in the country, would say, oh, $1,200, that's nothing. I'm paying $1,800 a month for quality child care. It's like, what? So that was a really good example. It, it, it took me back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's real. It's real. Uh, that's probably one, one reason why I said, you know what, I don't know if, if motherhood is for me, but I, I digress. <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> <laughs> but if I'm keeping it real, but I, but I'm thinking too, in terms of misconceptions around working mothers and their wants and their needs, because I think sometimes there's a lot around this working mother narrative and some things might be true and some might be false. And I think the more we can kind of shed a light on what this looks like um, from mothers, because oftentimes people writing these policies may or may not be 
parents or may not yes. be from a more marginalized group. And so do you think there's any common misconceptions around working moms and wants and needs and desires? I think one of the, the common misconceptions is that they are, it, it's the value component of it, really. It's, it's just that they're, de, it's almost that they're, they're devalued. Um, they, they're not going to put in as much work. If you talk to working mothers and the reasons they don't want to talk about their kids in an interview, when they have a really good example of how have you managed your time or how have you did this, and it's a really good example working with the PTA or the community, and you don't want to talk about that because you feel like you're going to be looked at as you're going to be devalued immediately. That, oh, they're not willing to put in the hard work. They're not willing to do what they need to do. And I've heard people say, like, oh, moms are not willing to do what they need to do to get to the top because they want to leave early. And just, just that, that leave early thing just drives me crazy because if I am not a cashier clocking someone, you know, taking someone's money, a lot of work can be done at any location in the world. Even team meetings can happen virtually. And so me leaving early, you're, you're still getting your eight hours. And because a lot of moms, it's just ingrained in them to be constantly working and working hard, especially those magical ones with three under three and four under four, you, you, you do bring value, you do add value. And that even that motherhood perspective in itself brings a different value and a different perspective to the team. So I think the first one is it's not almost a, the misconception, but it's just the whole value of the mother. Within themselves, they don't want to talk about it because they don't want to be devalued by the company. And then it's the leaders in the company that look at them like, oh, yeah, they must not be working as hard. Or they talked about their kids today for 10 minutes. It's like, but you talked about a hot day for 10 minutes. Like, come on now. <laughs> Where we both talked about something not work-related for 10 minutes. And so right. it's, just, it's, it's just, it's just like that, it's like that scarlet letter is that, is that ugly stain, those things that, that still exist where you really try to push through and, and make that space and show like, yes, I'm a mom. Yes, I cut out 30 minutes early, but what you didn't realize is I didn't take a lunch either. <laughs> so actually they got 30 minutes on me. And so just those, it's just those sorts of things, but it's that, you're not working as hard or you're not going to work as hard or you're going to constantly take days off. Oh, she's going to be taking days off because they're sick. When I was, when I was first went to teach middle school, um, our pre-service instructors used to tell the young ladies who were engaged their senior year, remove your ring. Even in a female dominated field, that's very supportive. Once you get in there, they said, don't have an engagement ring or a wedding ring during the interview because you're young. They're going to assume that you're going to get pregnant. And you being a new teacher, it's just a little bit harder to replace you and find those subs versus someone who's been there for five years. They're already in the groove. It's easier for them to get stuff ready for a sub, but you knew. And you so that was advice to us because of my program of 120 it was probably like five guys <laughs> in the elementary ed uh, program. But even in that sense where another woman that's essentially a mother is even adding that the deep value part and adding that on there, like, oh, they're going to want to take off. They're not going to work as hard. They're going to have all these issues 
that's going to negatively impact the company reaching their goals, which is absolutely not true. Absolutely not true. Yeah, I'm glad that but I feel like I did better than some men, <laughs> than some non-parents in, in jobs, that I do better than them. And so, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm glad you raised that point because I was, when I was listening to you talk, I was thinking about um, a place I used to work and there was a, a person who would take off all the time and they didn't have any kids, no pets, no nothing, right? You know? Right, <laughs> right. Never there. And it's like... <laughs> You couldn't, you know, but when they interviewed, obviously the person interviewing them has bias, right? They're the perfect candidate. They're single, they're this, they're that, but you just oh. never, never know. And so I'm glad that you know. <laughs> I'm so glad. It you drives me crazy. The intersectionality, you know, also the layers of that. So being a woman of color, um, being a mother, yeah. you know, you're already have these different layers of bias and so it's adding on another layer so I, I'm glad we have this conversation to let other women of color know that it's possible and if they didn't know it they got to hear you talk about it and I just love it um, before we get out of here um, before we join man I'm having like a tough time today this typically isn't <laughs> I'm sorry before we get out of here, I definitely want to make sure that people know how to find you and also you did not mention what your new book title is so how people can also uh, connect with you there so I'll, I'll put the spotlight back on you Sharonda <laughs> <laughs> okay so I am on Twitter and Instagram at Sharonda Marie and it's Sharonda with a C C H E R O N D A underscore Marie old school regular spelling of Marie 80s babies everyone's middle name was Marie or Renee or Nicole um, so I'm on I'm on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me there um, with that at Sharonda Marie. I just started with Twitter a couple of months ago, so it's a really fun place. I'm having a lot of fun on Twitter, so really find me there because I'm really getting active in, in Twitter some more. My second book is called There Is Enough Time, and it's all about time management. So really showing you how to uh, manage your time with projects. Again, I could go on a soapbox when it comes to projects and time management. But I will say a little freebie, a little tidbit that I push often when it comes to time management, especially with teams, communication is really the key to managing time. If you don't communicate what needs to be done, when it needs to be done, and how it should be done to the appropriate person, nothing gets done. Say that three times real fast. So, yeah, it's, it's all about time management with your projects and goals equal projects, if you didn't know that. And it just really breaks some things down and gives you some strategies to be successful. Awesome. And I'll make sure that everyone can connect with you and purchase your book at mindahearts.com in the show notes. And I am a lover of grits and rap lyrics, so I cannot let you leave without my bonus questions. And the first one is, what is your favorite rap lyric and why? I have, well, my favorite rap lyric changes based on how I'm feeling about life. I actually have a quote of rap lyrics on different sticky notes. But right now, I have two favorites. Um, one is from Wale. She's an introvert, but she's good in public. That's, it's almost like a love ballad, the whole song. But that line for me was like, I'm really an introvert. I talk to people and they're like, no, you're an extrovert. You have so much energy. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to need a nap after this. <laughs> so I'm really an introvert, but I'm good in public. So, and my other one that is really my focus for the last 
four years um, by Jay-Z. I've been focused since I said high to 30. And I've always been a focused person, especially being a mom early. This is my trajectory. In five years, I'm going to be a principal. When I taught middle school, I'm going to earn a degree at this point. But after I turned 30, I start, my focus changed from right now money and right now happiness to uh, the wealth aspect. And not just wealth for myself, but for my children. And it, it really just changed change my focus and it really I, I think about it differently and it's not just where do I want to be in five years but what space is going to be the best space so those are my favorite lyrics right now because they they really represent me when people are like what are you about what's going on I'm like I'm an introvert but I'm good in public and I've been focused these last four years I love it well you know uh I'm a J fan and so anything, Jay, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. But I love Wale, too. So um, that was two dope lyrics. So I, I love it. I even wrote that Wale one down because I did not know that one. That was good. I, I definitely have to use that somewhere down the line. <laughs> and, um, you know, this, the podcast is called Secure the Seat. When I say that to you, what does it mean to, to you? To me, uh, I, and I think, like like I said, as a mom, it's, it's not only securing the seat, securing the seat for me and having that opportunity for me to feel good, but it's for someone else, be it my own daughter, someone else's daughter, a sister, a cousin, uh, securing the seat to me means that there's a space for a person like me forever. It's not just I secure the seat and I feel good and I get to move my seat around and secure these different opportunities and situations and be great and wonderful but to me securing the seat is securing it forever for a person who has my story or a piece of my story or connects or relates to me and hasn't had an opportunity to have that seat a legacy legacy I love it yes (laughs) well I loved our conversation it's so important we could have talked I'm sure even more about the topic, but I, I hope that the women listening and the men uh, who listen to Secure the Seat will think through policies uh, for future moms, moms, um, and any underserved group uh, that you works alongside of you. And so thank you so much for joining me. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. Well, thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Secure the Seat. I know that you enjoyed the conversation, rather you're a mother right now, or you're thinking about having children, adopting, whatever the case may be. Uh, If you're a man listening or a father, I hope you think through what that looks like for you as well. If you're in a position of influence to change policies, to make it better for working moms or dads or caretakers, that you'll do that because everyone adds value. And I think we have a workforce where we can be a little flexible. It doesn't mean that someone's slacking. It just means that we don't necessarily have to do the traditional work from eight to five or nine to five. We have other modes of doing that. So be open, be flexible. And um, lastly, I know we're out here crushing glass, breaking down doors and things of that nature, but don't forget your self-care. Self-care is the best care. And as you're trying to go after different opportunities or you're seeking out new career options, uh, one quote that I coined my own self, <laughs> but I use it as medicine to myself is 
I'm not chasing opportunities. I'm creating them. And I think sometimes we're so busy, like grinding, 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 that we're chasing things. If we just sit back, take some self-care, be strategic, we can create them as well. And you can create those at your own table. You can create them at somebody else's, but think strategically. So please go to Apple podcast or wherever you listen to the review and leave one. I really appreciate it. Connect with me at mendahearts.com or where I'm most active, which is Twitter at mendahearts. So let me know what you think of today's episode. Connect with Sharonda and buy her book. So I'll see you next Wednesday. Have a great day.